Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey there, thank you very much for stopping by. Welcome to Beacon Road. My name is Rich Levesque. I'm glad to have you hanging out with me for a little bit. This episode is going to be called Lost and Found. I'll go through a couple of different topics on this. First one is going to be talking about the lost and we're going to tap into what's again probably the biggest issue surrounding humanity certainly western society in the opinion of some schmuck with a microphone in the moment anyway that kind of overlooks everything and it's how we're basically internally you know lost we're isolated we're in pain and in fear and How so many of the things that we get ourselves gummed up with, especially in light of you know current times and our current political situation, regardless of how it is you may feel or not feel about it, it is kind of a reflection of you know the fears and stuff that we each have going on and you know how while it's just a symptom and not the bigger problem it's part of how 
how it's getting worse and not getting better. And while we're fighting over the symptoms, we're not really seeing the overall virus. We're also going to talk about being found and how I had an encounter with an amazing human that told me her story about you know conquering some pretty big issues and learning how to fuel her own battery, so to say, to you know how learning to love herself was able to help her through her her big obstacles. And in the process, kind of helped me find and remember what it is that I do. So, there you have it, Lost and Found. Stay tuned, we'll get going. You're listening to Beacon Road. Thanks for listening to Beacon Road. I am Rich Levesque. I posted a link earlier on my page that taps at some things we don't seem to want to address is and the lack of response to the post proves it. But just because you don't get a response doesn't mean it's not something you don't talk about. Tough shit, we gotta. Um, I linked an article that addressed, in a way, what is the bigger epidemic from my experience that has led to all the other toxic systems and other epidemics we have in place in our society. It's a start to a conversation we need to have, but we don't seem to want to go there. Now, this article kind of doesn't go there directly, but it starts to. And it's something. Which is always better than nothing. Um, it's from a columnist pundit named John Pavlovitz. And the article is The Relational Fractures of This Presidency. Now, John kind of takes things on a little bit of a leftist slant, and I don't really feel the need to go there. I think a lot of this could have been written going the other way as well. But I'm gonna read off some of it and... Because it resonated to me. 
And he goes, As I travel the country and interact online, people tell me their stories and I look for the pattern in those stories, the recurring themes and similar sentiments that begin to rise up. More and more, I'm aware of a prevalent national sickness born out of distance. America is increasingly lonely. People reveal the symptoms in a myriad of ways. My 37-year marriage ended today. I couldn't live with what I've discovered about my husband over the past three years. I knew racism existed, but I had no idea my neighbors felt the way they feel. Yet there it is in black and white on our community Facebook page. My sister and I can't talk anymore. Not about anything meaningful, at least. We just keep everything superficial. How's work? How are the kids? We tiptoe around and try to avoid blow-ups. Everyone's on eggshells. The people I meet with are telling me that they, and millions like them, do not feel seen or heard or welcomed or safe anymore. That the fractures are deeper than ever. That the separation seems to be increasing. That the chasm is widening. And it kind of goes on and on about that. How we're increasingly lonely, increasingly fearful, increasingly in pain. And... You know, he kind of goes at it again. You know, he's fairly leftist, so he's going to kind of put the Trump presidency as a catalyst for these things. And I disagree with that. I think the election of Trump and everything that's come with that is a couple of other things. I think it's more of an effect. This is a pattern that's been building up for as long as I can remember. And I think it's the pain and loneliness and fear that people are experiencing within that led to his creation. And I'm going to say that on a couple of levels because I think that not only feeds those that support him and feel that he's resonating and he's hitting notes that connect to their fears but also he's hitting notes of those who can't stand him those who hate him and there is a not only a love and a loyalty to him that people will People defend him like 
they would blindly defend a king back in the days. But there's also a blind hatred of him, the likes of which I've never seen. And yeah, there was hatred toward Obama. And, you know, included in that was a lot of racially motivated garbage that came to that. I completely acknowledge that. Before him, there was all kinds of hatred towards um, W. Bush. But I've never seen anything like this presidency. And the power of people to blindly support or blindly attack. You know, I'm not going to go into, you know, my own opinions on his, you know, if I wanted to do a political podcast, I would do that. That's, I'm looking to try to go, I guess, deeper, but I really don't know a whole lot more than anybody else does with this just kind of go with what my gut tells me. And it goes into my second point about this presidency. It's Trump and everything he represents is a mirror. He regardless of how you feel about him he is presenting to us a lot of our deep, dark fears. Whether that comes out as he's listening to our fears and he's honoring our fears and This makes him somebody we need to be loyal to or whether he's the reason for the fear and for others needs to be blocked in at every turn. Yeah, it comes off as angry and hateful and spiteful and you know in some cases bullying and you know people blatantly acting like callous assholes on all sides of the equation but these are the things that come out when people are scared And those fears have been there. They predate all of this. They're just coming to the surface now. This is a symptom. 
It's not the only symptom. You know, you see, or at least it seems like we see more violence. We see more people just becoming so callous and so lost and so they see going and shooting up a Walmart or a school or a concert as, you know, a logical next step. And I don't say that to condone or excuse. I mean, when you get to that point, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The You know, if they survive it, yeah, the hand of the iron fist should be hammered down on them and You know, they have to, not that there's ever any penalty that would be enough for them to pay, but yeah, they got to pay it. But there's no, quick fix to that. That's another symptom. Or, and there's so many other symptoms of the varying crises with addictions and mental health and physical health. I could go on and on and on and I kind of already have. But they all we look to go and fix the symptoms and we don't see that there's a bigger virus or a bigger disease floating around. You know, we're trying to, you know, alleviate the nausea without actually trying to address the virus that's triggering it. And you know, part of what sucks is not only are we being led to focus on these different symptoms, but we're finding ways to fight about those to the point where nothing gets solved. And there's a lot of interests on many different sides and probably in more lockstep than we want to know that are benefiting from exploiting our fears for personal gain. Again, we're all being played in this. And it's a lot more than I know or can explain, but now what it comes down to is we're lonely, we're hurting, we're broken, 
were afraid. And I think that's ultimately why I keep trying to lock in on this because uh, I'm freaking sick of feeling lonely and in pain and afraid myself. And I know I'm not alone. There's plenty of people from all walks of life that do relate in varying degrees. And you know what? All I can say is this. I see you and as much as it feels like it, you're not alone. I'm going to end this segment with one more piece from the Pavlovitz article. And again, you can go to my website and find the link there if you choose to read it. Beaconroad.net Anyway, more than ever, we need to be the healers. We need to look for the people who are alone and feel alone. Those who find themselves standing on the outside and invite them into something else. They may be disconnected from their tribe and we from ours, but we can craft a new one together. We can redefine who our people are and give others a new family to walk this road with. This is Beacon Road. Thank you very much for listening to Beacon Road. Recently, I received a reminder of why exactly I was put on this planet. In particular, what seems to be my superpower. Lately, I've been so... I've been so locked in on trying to survive, trying to get back out traveling and... You know... Being tired of failing at everything I touch and living to shut up the judgments real or perceived of people around me even though those judgments are ultimately not mine to carry but the ego can disregard that part at times and you end up forgetting who you are when you spend all your energy trying to escape the cage However, once you can shut that monkey mind off for a little bit, life can bring you about opportunities for reminder. Yeah. Scene. 
random Saturday night, random place, chatting up a college kid that's headed home from her night out. And you know, sometimes people will kind of have conversations. They want to, you know, talk about how the weather is really doing weathery things or whatnot. Or sometimes they just don't really, they want to stay in their own world or whatever. That's fine. Once in a while, somebody just is like, let's have these like, deep conversations and that's kind of my jam so you know she point blank asks me like about my life and what it is that drives me that doesn't pop up very often so you're like oh yeah so um I talked to her about how I'm trying to build an audience as a motivational writer, speaker, content creator, and, you know, I kind of talked about how I just kind of, you know, try to focus on, you know, embracing what is, making the best out of it, and finding the opportunities, and I don't really get so much into the rah-rah, super positive, phony positive, unicorns, rainbows, glitter stuff because it just doesn't feel real to me. And people eventually kind of chuck that off as bullshit anyway. Just kind of accept the moment, feel what you need to, let it leave and keep building or something like that. And, you know, sometimes that's the point people are like, yeah, we're we're good anyway. Um, How about sports? Or, but no, she was just like, she lit right up and she was telling me her own story about working her way through an eating disorder. And... Currently, she was in the process of creating a public awareness campaign around it for one of her classes. And she was kind of um, bucking heads with a professor who wanted her to use like a really emaciated body picture as a shock piece. And she didn't quite know what she wanted to do with the campaign but she knew she didn't want to do that and you know think about it remember those uh, they're still out there but the smoking ads with you know people that either had cancer and they had you know they lost their voice and they were talking through a voice box or they had their had a lung cut out or you know part of their face because of cancer and they try to use that to shock people into quitting and it doesn't work 
certainly didn't work for me when I was smoking. My response was always, ooh, yeah, that sucks, and, and I would just go and spark up another cigarette. So with that in mind, yeah, I told her her instinct was dead on, and then I asked her, you know, if you don't mind me asking, when you were going through it, what was the thing you f- believed you needed to hear in the moment? that you would have been able to truly hear, truly connect with. And she thought about it, and her response was, I need to be told that I'm skinny. Solid, honest answer. And then I kind of took it up a notch. All right, so how does being seen as skinny reward you? What does it mean to you? What is it that you're looking for from that? And again, she was straight up. You know, to me, skinny meant getting love from boys, from you know, at the time, young men. She talked about how she was always told by her dad and other males in her life about what a great personality she had. And while that was great, she never felt like she was fully seen as a woman and everything that goes with that. And she was desperately seeking that validation and she felt like she needed to look a different way in order to receive that. And, you know, she goes on about watching her sister purge once and she made the connection that this would be the thing that worked. So she started doing that and it just kept on going even if she was eating things that she knew weren't going to quote-unquote hurt her or make her in her mind fat like salads for instance she would talk about she would eat a salad and still feel like she needed to throw it back up you know she went even further talking about when she started to make the connection that something needed to change the first sign was there was a night where she was with her friends and they split a pizza and she felt like she had to throw it up and she couldn't get into the bathroom so she tried to sneak over someplace where nobody was to purge it there and she got caught by a friend who confronted her and 
you know, basically told her why she, that she didn't need to do that and started talking to her about needing to get help. And in that process, she also found that this all had taken her over so much that she lost the what made her her. Her bubbly, fun personality and her ability to connect with everyone in the room fast. And that's the point where where she realized that she no longer wanted to chase validation at the risk of losing what she loved about herself. And that's where it connected to her. That was that was her answer. She needed to fill her own void and learn how to love herself fully. And from what I can tell, she sounded like she was doing great and she said she hadn't had an episode in a couple of years. Which of course I congratulate her for and you know, I thanked her for sharing her story and you know, how powerful it was and how real and raw and that it was something to be super proud of and you know, she's, and it was that was exactly the kind of thing that Others, especially young women who may be struggling, need to hear. This is real. This is raw. This is vulnerable. And whether somebody else say it or not, there are a lot more that can resonate to that than should ever be able to know. Far more than her professor's idea. I also brought up the possibility that, you know, sometimes professors just aren't going to see that and, you know, you're going to have to do what you got to do to get the grade. I've been there. I've had to do that. So maybe you might have to just give him what he wants and then go back and do your own thing. And all of that's perfectly okay. You got to do it. You know, you're the one that knows what you need to do. And at the end, you know, she says to me, this is the first time somebody truly saw me and really heard my story. Thank you. Please write about me and please write about people like me. And it's been my honor to do just that wherever you go whatever you do I am going to be rooting like hell for you you got this but I'd like to mention how you've done just as much for 
me. Thank you for reminding me that this is what I'm best at. Being able to see people and connect to them and be support in space. It's not about finding witty catchphrases to put on t-shirts that people can buy. Although, if that appeals to you and you want to buy something, Christmas is coming and beaconroad.net. Check out the shop. And it's also not about using my talents to make a quick buck. Beacon Road is far more important than that. Even if it's not looking the way I expect it to, to when I started. It's going exactly as it needs to go. Regardless of the opinion of myself or anyone else. Again, it's about... It's about connecting to who we are. It's about... Seeing each other for who we are and not our masks and our walls and our little fortresses that we build around ourselves. To And it's not about what roles we force ourselves into in order to assimilate into this society or whatever this rat race thing is. And it's... It's about gradually learning to see that and embrace that. And let that take you where it is that you need to go. Whether it's to find help getting through these fears and pains and obstacles or whether it's going after a life path that we really want. It's about connecting to ourselves and what we need. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to claim to be any sort of professional or therapist or coach or advice giver (laughs) but I feel like I can step in and try to be that friend or that parent or other support figure that a lot of us need to kind of be that space and a lot of us don't have that and it takes us to 
looking for validation in all the wrong places and takes us down all these crazy rabbit holes. And they just lead to a lot more pain and isolation. And you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. You know, short version, if you're lacking that friend, you know what? All right, let me be that. That's kind of the thing I do. And the thing I need to do more of. This is Beacon Road. My name is Rich Levesque. And welcome back. I just want to thank you once again for listening to this episode of Beacon Road. Thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Ultimately, for as much as we talk about money or possessions or other stuff and how much value that has, our most valuable commodity is always going to be time. That's the one that's going to be finite. We have a limited amount, each one of us. And you're choosing to spend it with me. And I hope it was worthwhile. And I I thank you deeply for that. Now, let me talk a little bit more about what exactly it is we're trying to do here. Beacon Road. Yeah, I'm going to write about and I'm going to talk about a number of different topics. But what I'm ultimately trying to do is, and I'll keep coming back to this, I see a world where we're gradually more and more lost and hurting and you know, we're trying to figure out who the hell we are and yet still try to fit into the roles and expectations that are put upon us and all of that together creates a you know it can create pain and fear and you now a lot of us are just kinda wandering around lost and alone. Even if it feels like we're in a crowd. And you know, I'm not saying that with any agenda or 
expectation about what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to be individual, and I really don't care what your agendas are. I just, I see, I see a world that's hurting. I see a world that's lashing out. I see a world that's internalizing a lot of pain. I see anger and hate spewing out. And I see, you know, more and more violence and more and more, you know, people trying to stuff their pain and calm it with things that they get addicted to. And I see people that just, they can't do it anymore and they have to, they have to end it. And you're seeing suicide rates going up and I see people's mental and physical health not being where it should be, even though we've got so many more options and tools at our disposal that should help with these things. You know, we're all kind of a mess out here, and I don't have a lot of solutions. I'm certainly not an expert. I'm not a professional. I'm not a coach. I'm not anything like that. And I'm not really here to give advice or any of that sort of thing. I can tell you what works for me or what works I've seen work for others. But it, it seems what's needed more is, you know, support, space, having somebody say, I see you, I feel you, I understand you, I get you. You're welcome here. Come on in. And that's really what we're trying to create. And just using the tools I have at my disposal to be able to do so. Basically, if you're out there and you're looking for a friend, let me be that friend. Looking for a parent, let let me take that dad role. Let me be space and let me support you. And likewise, you'll be doing the same for me. All these connections that I'm making help me just as much as they're helping anybody else. And that's really how it's supposed to work. It really is a village. It really is a tribe. No matter how much we're taught otherwise. So, 
whatever you know calls to you if you feel that's part of what you want to be involved with there's a lot of different ways you know if you're a business you can sponsor the podcast or you can you know sponsor a website or other things you have going on So you go to the website, beaconroad.net. There's um, going to be a lot of my writing and my thoughts and thoughts of some friends of mine that are up there and available. Also got resource lists for people for physical, mental health, and well-being. And we're adding to it all the time. You can check those out and got our own little you know, Beacon Road shop that has t-shirts and coffee cups and other things to purchase. And you're more than welcome to come and check everything out. And if you feel compelled to donate directly, there is a PayPal link on the site that can help you do that. Also available on social media, on Twitter at Beacon Road 10, Beacon Road, the number 10, on Instagram at Beacon Road, on Facebook at Beacon Road. I also have a Mighty Network set up that's a secure community where People can kind of post and either share a story or seek out support or just a place somebody wants to go and be heard. You can look up Beacon Road on Mighty Networks or there's a direct link directly through my website, which is again, beaconroad.net. Again, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to hang out and just keep a lookout for future episodes on all the usual suspects. I will post them on my website. They'll also be available on Anchor and Apple and Spotify and other places as well. Hope to see you again soon. Take care.